More thoughts on One Oak and Magellan, May 21, 2023. Wall Street analysts are predisposed to be supportive of management's M&A activities. The sycophantic posturing that precedes an earnings call question with nice quarter guys lives in the hope of investment banking business. Hence the response of sell-side analyst to One Oak's proposed acquisition of Magellan Midstream is one of mild surprise at this unlikely combination that stops short of overt criticism. The numbers offer a less enthusiastic reception. One Oak is down 8% since the deal was announced, in spite of the $1.5 billion tax shield and $200 to $400 million of annual synergies. Magellan is up 13%, but this is well short of the 22% premium that heralded the deal because of One Oak's underperformance. In addition, Magellan investors are facing the recapture of deferred taxes on prior distributions. This will be more for long-term holders, which runs counter to the point of MLPs, which is to allow long-term management of tax deferrals by investors. It's hard to see anyone other than a recent Magellan investor being untroubled by the recapture. The cohort of long-term Magellan holders may be too small for their votes to disrupt the deal. Magellan has presumably analyzed this closely. But financial advisors who hold Magellan in client accounts will not relish explaining any unexpected tax bill to clients. An investor who owned One Oak and Magellan in proportion to their relative market caps is down 2.2%. By contrast, the Alerian MLP index has gained 4.8% since the deal, partly due to Magellan's jump, but also because traders have anticipated a rebalancing from Magellan once it disappears into the shrinking group of remaining MLPs. In other words, the investors who have done best out of this deal are the ones not involved in it. If the transaction ultimately closes, enthusiasm will be muted. The proposed One Oak acquisition of Magellan is a solution to a problem nobody has. Turning to the regional bank crisis, a few weeks ago I shared my experience as treasurer of our Naples co-op in trying to earn a fair interest rate on our cash, see some banks are happy to pay more. We recently switched banks and left the 3% deposit rate that we had only achieved through persistent complaints. Banks operate on the assumption that you don't know where treasury bills or Fed funds are. Our new bank relationship began at a quarter of a percent. The initial response when I requested a competitive rate was that I should point out a competitor's rate and they would then consider the matter. I responded that a quarter percent was so off market that it was unworthy of such effort and that they were insulting my intelligence. Days passed with no response, and finally they improved to 2%. This is from a bank whose market cap has shed two-thirds in the past 18 months. So we're going to open a brokerage account and buy treasury bills which yield 5%. It creates some additional administrative work, but such offensive behavior demands it. This is how one regional bank will lose a $500,000 deposit. Banks behave as if we're stupid or lazy. Their prior experience may justify such a stance, but it hardly seems like a stable business model to hold your customers in such low regard. The question regional bank investors must answer is whether large numbers of depositors will react like us. Banking services need to be paid for. Banks rely on paying a discounted rate on deposits. The last time Fed funds traded above 2.5% was in 2008, before the great financial crisis. Since then, deposit rates near zero haven't represented much of an opportunity cost for customers. Now they do. And in the intervening 15 years, moving money and gaining access to information have only become easier. Banks don't seem willing to create linked brokerage accounts that can own treasury bills 
and information about deposit rates for business clients is kept intentionally opaque. They don't make it easy. Nonetheless, foregoing a couple of percent on $250,000 might strike many depositors as a steep price to pay for banking services. If competitive pressure forces deposit rates higher, net interest margins will be squeezed. The argument against market-to-market bank holdings of securities rests on the notion that deposits are sticky, and when rates are rising, the value of that stickiness, i.e. the discount to treasury yields, increases. But this is based on past behavior. How depositors reacted to rising rates prior to the great financial crisis may not be a useful guide today. Deposits can leave at times quickly. Regional bank investors will find out in the months ahead how responsive savers are to more competitive rates from the U.S. Treasury.